Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast from Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to get into God's Word every single day, so we decided to read through the Bible chronologically and talk about it together. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, it's Chelsea, and you're listening to God's Whole Story podcast. I'm here with my co-host Ryan, and we are in Exodus still, and a lot happens today. A ton of things happen. Ryan was reading it, and I felt kind of bad because he just kept reading, and it never stopped. Also, I was really committed to the cut, so there's a couple stumblings. They're fine. Yeah. If you don't think they're fine, send an email to Chelsea. (laughs) No, thank you. She'll be happy to reply. (laughs) Um. So we have the Israelites defeating the Amalekites. We have water coming from a rock. We have manna and quail, Jethro. <laughs> and then the Lord revealing himself at Sinai. And tomorrow we're getting into the Ten Commandments. It's a busy day. I mean, it didn't just happen in one day. Ten Commandments? It's a busy day for us. Choices. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, my word. <laughs> Chances. <laughs> um, okay, what stuck out to you? Um... Several things. One thing that's worth paying attention to. There's actually there's actually two things got my attention that will happen again. One so, thing is worth paying attention to. There's a lot of things worth paying attention to. Everybody, it's fine. Um, I just I just taught this uh, in our student ministry at Converge last night, where Jesus feeds the five thousand. So this is an important story because it's like a bookend story. Like when Jesus feeds the five thousand, um, he like miraculously produces bread. And passes the bread out to everybody. And the connection that they make is with this story. So when those folks are on that hillside learning from Jesus and he feeds them, they make the connection that this is the new Moses who will feed us like our forefathers were fed in the desert Hmm. by manna. They actually talk about that. And and then Jesus goes on like this long, very crazy talk about eating his skin and blood. Read it for yourself. It's in John chapter 6. It's very, Chelsea cannot compose herself right now. Um, I just wasn't expecting Yeah, I mean, read it for yourself. It's very crazy. But basically, he's saying like, hey, I'm the bread of life. You're going to miss we'll the We'll get point. to that in December. Yeah, I mean, what's interesting is that uh, Jesus actually corrects the people who at that time believed that it was Moses that made manna come from heaven. Mm-hmm. So Jesus like had to make the case that like, no, Moses didn't do it. God did. Um, so we have this manna from heaven. We have quail that are just like rolling up because they're hungry. (laughs) He takes very good care of people. He also at one point says that like, you're going to get enough for two days when it's time for the Sabbath because you need to rest because it's a gift. Mm -hmm. So we do have God like on the record again saying, no, you need to rest. This is my gift to you. Um, a lot of times we forget that. I think the gift of a day of rest. Yeah, and actually, we were talking before we started recording how they, yeah, they worked ahead to rest. Yes. And I kind of was thinking about that. I mean, I've been thinking a lot about Sabbath lately in my personal life Mm. and how it probably does require some work ahead for me to actually take a day of rest. For me to, like, actually rest with my family means I have to get a lot of stuff done the day before. Also, how do you even do that with little kids? (laughs) I mean, my Sabbath is not 24 hours. It's, It's a day. So the second thing that you'll see that will happen again is that uh, Moses makes water come from a rock. Uh, in this story, God basically tells him to do it to care for the people. Yeah. We're going to see Moses do this again, not listening to God. It's always interesting to me that Moses was able to just smack a rock and make water come out of it. But God is not happy later on. Definitely try that at home and let us know what happens. <sighs> I hope it does. If it does and you make water come out of a rock, send us a video. <laughs> it would be awesome. Um, okay. One of my favorite stories in this passage is Jethro. 
I wrote a lot of notes, well, you know, four bullet points about Jethro. We're going to post a picture. <laughs> um, he is a, such a great mentor and father-in-law to Moses. And I think it's really cool to see the in-law relationship so healthy and awesome. I mean, right? Yes. <laughs> You're making a face at me like. <laughs> yes, it is very awesome to see. Also, it's funny how he just like pops up. I was like, where'd this guy come from? <laughs> Midian. They didn't have email. They didn't have cell phones. I know. They just he met just up in the desert. <laughs> wanders in from Midian. He's like, hey, been hanging out with your wife and kids. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yeah. It's very weird. Oh, man. Uh, but he does set up. I mean, if, if this is interesting to you, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But he does set up for Moses like a really great way to delegate. Yeah. Like it's a little bit of a weird word to use, I think. No, I think that's uh, the perfect word to use. That's but exactly what happens. That's what's going on. And Moses is humble enough to accept his advice try it out. And you know what is also interesting is noting that Jethro left. Like he came, he was like, Hey, this isn't healthy. And then he was like, all right, I'm out. Yeah. See ya. <laughs> like he knew when to leave. He wasn't like, he wasn't like, Hey Moses, let me um, step in here because obviously you don't know how to lead people. Also, if you follow the math, Moses was doing that all by himself, huh? Yeah. He was probably, that's all he was doing. He's a busy long. dude. So I don't know if there's anything worth digging into. I haven't read up a ton about that, but they're they're always. I wonder if he was angry all the time, though. I mean, he was very busy. (laughs) (laughs) He needed a Sabbath. Maybe that was because he needed a Sabbath. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, he's carrying like a like a huge weight or burden of sorting out all these people's problems because he was like the lone representative of God. And Jethro is kind of like, hey man, like why don't you raise up some people to handle some of this? I think it's a great example for some of the trouble that we get in, you know, in Christian communities, like. There's a lot of really capable people yeah, that can be to, raised up to handle things. It's hard to give up control over something. Well, I mean, it's like it's like control and position. And I think probably Mo- Moses probably did wrestle with that. It's mm-hmm. like, I would love to do this all right. I'll just sit in this chair all day long. Right. Or, like, let's let some other people do some of these things. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a really interesting early discipleship model. Yes. There you go. Great job. All right, cool. Making that connection. <laughs> um, the other thing I wanted to mention was... Um, the Lord on Mount Sinai, and how, again, we're reading through Exodus, and we're talking about the God who is known. Mm-hmm. So right now, he's revealing himself um, in a way that shows he is holy, and he can't be touched. Like, it's for the people's own safety that he... What is up with that? I, I mean, I think it's just knowing, hey, this is the most powerful God that you'll ever know. Like, all those other gods are fake, because they can't do things like this. They don't... How many other gods have you heard about that reveal themselves? Right? I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That was interesting. Just, just kind of seeing his glory and power on display there. One more full circle connection. Um, God is telling the people of Israel in Exodus 19. Let's see. What verse is it? Five. I think it's 19.5. Obey me, keep my covenant, and you will be my own special treasure from among the peoples of earth. For all the earth belongs to me. You will be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. So God is like raising up this special nation to represent himself to the world. Um, That comes up again in 1 Peter because 1 Peter is putting the same call that God gave the Israelites to us as Christians. Um, So I think Peter doesn't really see that as different. You know, like he didn't know there was a New Testament. Hmm. It was just like one story. So Peter is letting us know today. We are part of this story. We continue to be God's nation. Like, mm-hmm. hey, guys, let's act like God's nation. Yeah, definitely. So, um, I mean, we could talk about how Moses was eight years old and went up and down the mountain a lot. I wish you guys could see my walker, my <laughs> walker skit. I think it took him a while with the walker. <laughs> 
Um, I went back and listened to one of the episodes on Exodus, and you talked about how you played Moses, and <laughs> you made me laugh all over it's again. Pretty exciting. <laughs> I was the first booth in the gym. <laughs> okay, guys, thanks so much for listening today. Tomorrow we're getting into the Ten Commandments, and I'm really excited about it. And hey, we'll see you tomorrow. See you later. Bye. Bye. Exodus 16, starting in verse 1. Then the whole community of Israel set out from Elam and journeyed into the wilderness of Sin, between Elam and Mount Sinai. They arrived there on the 15th day of the second month, one month after leaving the land of Egypt. There, too, the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you have brought us into this wilderness to starve us all to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, Look, I'm going to rain down food from heaven for you. Each day the people can go out and pick up as much food as they need for that day. I will test them in this to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day they will gather food, and when they prepare it, there will be twice as much as usual. So Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, By evening you will realize it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. In the morning you will see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your complaints, which are against him, not against us. What have we done that you should complain about us? Then Moses added, The Lord will give you meat to eat in the evening and bread to satisfy you in the morning, for he has heard all your complaints against him. What have we done? Yes, your complaints against the Lord, not against us. Then Moses said to Aaron, Announce this to the entire community of Israel. Present yourselves before the Lord. For he has heard your complaining. And as Aaron spoke to the whole community of Israel, they looked out toward the wilderness. There they could see the awesome glory of the Lord in the cloud. Then the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the Israelites' complaints. Now tell them, in the evening you will have meat to eat, and in the morning you will have all the bread you want. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. That evening, vast numbers of quail flew in and covered the camp. And the next morning, the area around the camp was wet with dew. When the dew evaporated, a flaky substance as fine as frost blank as fine as frost blanketed the ground. The Israelites were puzzled when they saw it. What is it? They asked each other. They had no idea what it was. And Moses told them, It is the food the Lord has given you to eat. These are the Lord's instructions. Each household should gather as much as it needs. Pick up two quarts for each person in your tent. So the people of Israel did as they were told. Some gathered a lot, some only a little. But when they measured it out, everyone had just enough. Those who gathered a lot had nothing left over, and those who gathered only a little had enough. Each family had just what it needed. Then Moses told them, Do not keep any of it until morning. But some of them didn't listen and kept some of it until morning. By then it was full of maggots and had a terrible smell. Moses was very angry with them. After this, the people gathered the food morning by morning, each family according to its need. And as the sun became hot, the flakes they had not picked up melted and disappeared. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much as usual, four cords for each person instead of two. Then all the leaders of the community came and asked Moses for an explanation. He told them, This is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow will be a day of complete rest, a holy Sabbath day set apart for the Lord. So bake or boil as much as you want today and set aside what is left for tomorrow. So they put aside until morning, just as Moses had commanded. And in the morning, the leftover food was wholesome and good without maggots or odor. 
Moses said, Eat this food today, for today is a Sabbath day dedicated to the Lord. There will be no food on the ground today. You may gather the food for six days, but the seventh day is the Sabbath. There will be no food on the ground that day. Some of the people went out anyway on the seventh day, but they found no food. The Lord asked Moses, How long will these people refuse to obey my commands and instructions? They must realize that the Sabbath is the Lord's gift to you. That is why he gives you a two-day supply on the sixth day, so there will be enough for two days. On the Sabbath day, you must each stay in your place. Do not go out to pick up food on the seventh day. So the people did not gather any food on the seventh day. The Israelites called the food manna. It was white like coriander seed, and it tasted like honey wafers. Then Moses said, This is what the Lord has commanded. Fill a two-quart container with manna to preserve it for your descendants. Then later generations will be able to see the food I gave you in the wilderness when I set you free from Egypt. Moses said to Aaron, Get a jar and fill it with two quarts of manna. Then put it in a sacred place before the Lord to preserve it for all future generations. Aaron did just as the Lord had commanded Moses. He eventually placed it in the Ark of the Covenant, in front of the stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant. So the people of Israel ate manna for forty years until they arrived at the land where they would settle. They ate manna until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. The container used to measure the manna was an omer, which was one-tenth of an ephah. It held about two quarts. At the Lord's command, the whole community of Israel left the wilderness of sin and moved from place to place. Eventually, they camped at Rephidim, but there there was no water for the people to drink. So once more, the people complained against Moses. Give us water to drink, they demanded. Quiet, Moses replied. What are you complaining against me? And why are you testing the Lord? But tormented by thirst, they continued to argue with Moses. Why did you bring us out of Egypt? Are you trying to kill us, our children and our livestock with thirst? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, What should I do with these people? They are ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Walk out in front of the people. Take your staff, the one you used when you struck the water of the Nile, and call some of the elders of Israel to join you. I will stand before you on the rock at Mount Sinai. Strike the rock, and water will come gushing out. Then the people will be able to drink. So Moses struck the rock as he was told, and water gushed out as the elders looked on. Moses named the place Massa, which means test, and Mirabah, which means arguing, because the people of Israel argued with Moses and tested the Lord by saying, Is the Lord here with us or not? While the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua, Choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill holding my staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. After the victory, the Lord instructed Moses, write this down on a scroll as a permanent reminder and read it aloud to Joshua. I will erase the memory of Amalek from under heaven. 
Moses built an altar there and named it Yahweh Nisi, which means the Lord is my banner. He said they have raised their fists against the Lord's throne, so now the Lord will be at war with Amalek generation after generation. Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian, heard about everything God had done for Moses and his people, the Israelites. He heard especially about how the Lord had rescued them from Egypt. Earlier, Moses had sent his wife, Zipporah, and his two sons back to Jethro, who had taken them in. Moses' first son was named Gershom, for Moses had said when his boy was born, I, haven't been a for- I, I have been a foreigner in a foreign land. His second son was named Eliezer, for Moses had said, The God of my ancestors was my helper. He rescued me from the sword of Pharaoh. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, now came to visit Moses in the wilderness. He brought Moses' wife and two sons with him, and they arrived while Moses and the people were camped near the mountain of God. Jethro had sent a message to Moses, saying, I, Jethro, your father-in-law, am coming to see you with your wife and two sons. So Moses went out to meet his father-in-law. He bowed low and kissed him. They asked about each other's welfare and then went into Moses' tent. Moses told his father-in-law everything the Lord had done to Pharaoh and Egypt on behalf of Israel. He also told about all the hardships they had experienced along the way and how the Lord had rescued his people from their troubles. Jethro was delighted when he heard about the good things the Lord had done for Israel as he rescued them from the hand of the Egyptians. Praise the Lord, Jethro said, for he has rescued you from the Egyptians and from Pharaoh. Yes, he has rescued Israel from the powerful hand of Egypt. I know now that the Lord is greater than all other gods because he rescued his people from oppression of the proud Egyptians. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, brought a burnt offering and sacrifices to God. Aaron and all the leaders of Israel came out and joined him in a sacrificial meal in God's presence. The next day, Moses took his seat to hear the people's disputes against each other. They waited before him from morning till evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw what Moses was doing for the people, he asked, What are you really accomplishing here? Why are you trying to do all this alone while everyone stands around you from morning till evening? Moses replied, Because the people come to me to get a ruling from God. When a dispute arises, they come to me, and I am the one who settles the case between the quarreling parties. I inform the people of God's decrees and give them his instructions. This is not good, Moses' father-in-law exclaimed. You are going to wear yourself out, and the people too. This job is too heavy a burden for you to handle all by yourself. Now listen to me, and let me give you a word of advice, and may God be with you. You should continue to be the people's representative before God, bringing their disputes to Him. Teach them God's decrees and give them His instructions. Show them how to conduct their lives. But select from all the people some capable, honest men who fear God and hate bribes. Appoint them as leaders over groups of 1,000, 150, and 10. They should always be available to solve the people's common disputes, but have them bring the major cases to you. Let the leaders decide the smaller matters themselves. They will help you carry the load, making the task easier for you. If you follow this advice, and if God commands you to do so, then you will be able to endure the pressures, and all these people will go home in peace. Moses listened to his father-in-law's advice and followed his suggestions. He chose capable men from all over Israel and appointed them as leaders over the people. He put them in charge of groups of 1,000, 100, 50, and 10. These men were always available to solve the people's common disputes. They brought the major cases to Moses, but they took care of the smaller matters themselves. Soon after this, Moses said goodbye to his father-in-law, who returned to his own land. Exactly two months after the Israelites left Egypt, they arrived in the wilderness of Sinai. After breaking camp at Rephidim, they came to the wilderness of Sinai and set up camp there at the base of Mount Sinai. 
Then Moses climbed the mountain to appear before God. The Lord called to him from the mountain and said, Give these instructions to the family of Jacob. Announce it to the descendants of Israel. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians. You know how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now if you will obey me and keep my covenant, you will be my special treasure from among the peoples of the earth. For all the earth belongs to me, and you will be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. This is the message you must give the people of Israel. So Moses returned from the mountain of God and called together the elders of the people and told them everything the Lord had commanded him. And all the people responded together, We will do everything the Lord has commanded. So Moses brought the people's answer back to the Lord. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will come to you in a thick cloud, Moses, so the people themselves can hear me when I speak with you. Then they will always trust you. Moses told the Lord what the people had said. Then the Lord told Moses, Go down and prepare the people for my arrival. Consecrate them today and tomorrow, and have them wash their clothing. Be sure they are ready on the third day, for on that day the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai as all the people watch. Mark off a boundary all around the mountain. Warn the people. Be careful. Do not go up to the mountain or even touch its boundaries. Anyone who touches the mountain will certainly be put to death. No hand may touch the person or the animal that crosses the boundary. Instead, stone them or shoot them with arrows. They must be put to death. However, when the ram's horn sounds a long blast, then the people may go up on the mountain. So Moses went down to the people. He consecrated them for the worship, and he washed their, and they washed their clothes. He told them, get ready for the third day, and until then, abstain from having sexual intercourse. On the morning of the third day, thunder roared and lightning flashed, and a dense cloud came down the mountain. There was a long, loud blast from a ram's horn, and all the people trembled. Moses led them from the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. All of Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord had descended on it in the form of fire. The smoke billowed into the sky like smoke from a brick kiln, and the whole mountain shook violently. As the blast of the ram's horn grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God thundered his reply. The Lord came down on the top of Mount Sinai and called Moses to the top of the mountain. So Moses climbed the mountain. Then the Lord told Moses, Go back down and warn the people not to break through the boundaries to see the Lord, or they will die. Even the priests who regularly come near to the Lord must purify themselves so that the Lord does not break out and destroy them. But Lord, Moses protested, The people cannot come up to Mount Sinai. You already warned us. You told me, Mark off a boundary all around the mountain to set it apart as holy. But the Lord said, Go down and bring Aaron back up with you. In the meantime, do not let the priests or the people break through to approach the Lord, or he will break out and destroy them. So Moses went down to the people and told them what the Lord had said.